Hello, and welcome to St. Louis City Press and International Friendly. I am your host for now, Nathan, and joining me from the other side of the world, Chris. Hello, everyone. How's it going, Nate? Pretty good. I think uh, Phil is planning on jumping on at some point here, so we'll avoid the jump scare that he did last time he did that. Everyone else is out partying ahead of the match tomorrow. Are you excited? I am extremely excited. Nervous, but definitely ready to go. I was actually wondering about you today, uh, thinking about the logistics for us going to the match tomorrow, because it's 9.30 on a Sunday night. That seems to put it in the square in the middle of your workday. Yes, uh, my Monday schedule is very forgiving, uh, and I might miss the first 20 minutes of the first half or so but i will pick up after that okay so your goal is to to watch it as live as i'm gonna find a way that's good because we actually rely on you quite a bit when we're in the stadium to tell us if we should or shouldn't be mad with the referees because yes, we're I, always mad and i like to either justify your rage or calm you down a little bit i appreciate that it feels like more often than not you are calming us down so i would say i am excited and nervous oh look at that welcome abby thank you for joining us are you excited for the game tomorrow i am i also go to bed around 8 30 every night so schedule's a little rough i recommend sleeping in tonight i have a 22 month old well it's about time for him to sleep in his all right <laughs> i also have a seven-year-old who should also sleep in her own room i do rarely all what? right so uh I do. First up on the rundown, Seattle review. How do we feel about that game? A lot of feelings, none of them good. <laughs> Let's walk through them. Uh, confusion, disappointment, heartbreak, disgust, hunger. Oh, were you were you like needing a sandwich during the game? Possibly. I mean, that could have been the real root of the whole problem. I think my no, need for no, a sandwich. I, I share the rest of those feelings. Okay. Uh, confusion, though, is an interesting one. Elaborate. I just why were we so bad? You know, I, I that yeah. was a, a relatively strong lineup. I don't know why it just wasn't clicking. It feels like of all teams, Seattle really has our number. Yeah, I I was talking to who was I talking to? It might have been one of my fellow coaches on the Saint Rock Little Flower Second Grade Girls Team Professional Brain Trust. Yeah, and his it was him. There, there was a pretty strong belief that had Klaus scored that early chance, it would have been a much different. Sure, yeah. Game State changes their responding chaos theory. Yeah, sure. And their first goal, well, I'll ask you, as we were discussing earlier, what were your feelings about the offsidedness of that goal? Uh, refresh my memory. What goal are we talking about? It was a, kind of a long-range shot to Berkey's right. Uh, and they had a player. Oh, who uh, yes. Was... And he he may have been in line of sight. I mean, yes. he was to the left of the shot that went in the very, you know, far left hand corner. So I can't really see the, the argument from Berkey. Uh, I'm sure Berkey felt aggrieved, but I can't I can't think it had any bearing on. Apparently whole... not. So like Berkey came out after and he was like, yeah, you just have to try sometime. Yeah. But he didn't really think that okay. it was off. Oh, there you go. In the moment, he seemed very angry, like he was holding yeah. onto the ball, wouldn't give it back. But yes, afterwards, he said it It probably wasn't. OK, it, the, the second goal was just a, a fluke. 
I don't, you know, there were people on Facebook who I really need to stay off these groups and I have done a better job lately. Um, but they were saying that Parker is terrible because he had that own goal. Oh, that's nuts. That was, that's just a nuts take. I can't, I can't. No, I do have a Parker hot take though. I don't know if it's hot take time yet. Does it relate to his having a baby? No, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. I've I've gotten over that. Well, I, you know what? I, I haven't gotten over it. I just forgotten that I had that take. No, my take is. Oh no, so, Abby, <laughs> you've reignited the. the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So Parker, uh, one of the three finalists for Defender of the Year. I don't remember who the other two are, but I think he's actually the third best defender, central defender on the team. I think our strongest two center backs are Nilsson and Yarrow. I, I just so I, I agree with Nilsson. I think Yarrow and Parker are just very, very different. It is very hard to compare them. They've played very different amounts across the season and in very different games. I, I So I'm not going to engage on that specific comparison. I think it's fair that Nielsen is fantastic. Is that what we call him, Nielsen? Also, welcome, Phil. Hello, and welcome to St. Louis City Press. You welcome to St. Louis City Press. <laughs> so we're discussing Parker... And my hot take that he is the third best defender on the team, even though he is nominated and one of the finalists for Defender of the Year. I would argue that he is the second best defender behind Nilsson, who did not play enough to be eligible. Oh, I, I agree with that. I slot him behind Yarrow, but I, I take Abby's point as reasonable that he and Yarrow are are very different players. I'm sad that uh, Yarrow has gotten significantly less game time as of late. I'm also kind of sad in general. It seems like there has just been less game time as of late. I am not as amped up going into these playoffs as I would have liked because we've had like one game in the last month. MLS scheduling has not even getting into the 928 kickoff tomorrow night. MLS scheduling at the end of the year has like sort of thrown me for a loop. It is ridiculous that there are not more games on like a Saturday night. Like Saturday should have just been booked solid with games. Going back to the Parker of it all, the I think part of what is so impressive about his season is also just like in comparison to his prior seasons and sort of what he has done with City and how much he fits the style of what we do and like getting the goals that he has gotten. It, it's been a really cool season to get to watch him have this like resurgence compared to what he has done in other cities. I I am actually... Like, no joking, re-upset about the baby thing, so thank you. <laughs> Phil, your thoughts on the Seattle game? Not great. Um, I would have loved to see us have a strong performance against a good team before we get into the playoffs. I'm hoping the team was just not in the right mind frame because the last two games didn't really matter for us. But So I've read that, and it, it could be true, but if it is, that is like a coaching failure. You've got to be ready going in. Like you, you can't the Vancouver game. I will be like, fine. That is what it is. You start Lunt. It's not a real game, but the last game of the season against one of the best teams, you got to be more amped up for that. If that is what happened, that's a terrible excuse. But I it, also think we played, I don't know. Did we play better than the scoreline would have you believe? No. In the first half. Yes. Can we get can we get an XG on that game? Our XG in the first half was high, I thought, wasn't it? And then very marginally 
higher in the like almost nothing in the second half. Had we already with the Seattle game, the things that sort of mattered with the last games we were playing were like with regards to home field advantage in the MLS Cup, should we get there? By the time we were playing the Seattle game, did that factor in at all? Yes. So like Orlando and stuff had not already. Orlando had, but I believe there was still Columbus, a Columbus and or Philadelphia at yeah, stake. I'm not sure where it ended up because not everyone won, but that was still at stake as was, I think more importantly, well, maybe not more importantly, differently importantly, the record for most points by an expansion team was at stake and we did not get it. Still sits with LAFC who just scored against Vancouver to go up one nothing in their game. To circle back to the Tim Parker hot take you had, um, he has basically lapped the field on clearances for our defensive, well, for all players on our team. He has the highest long pass completion rate of all our defenders uh, on a per 90 basis i think nielsen has more interceptions but uh only slightly more than parker uh and parker has volume on his side there uh, i could see in a world in which a full season of nielsen would have been better and justified his nomination for that award but i think he has done a lot of uh, in possession work for us that maybe uh, we don't see or we don't real really realize, but th- like line breaking passes from the back that cut out the the the, the opposing press. He's really good at that. He he likes a, a penetrating ball through the middle, uh, and he's pretty accurate. I think his offensive contributions might you know push him over the top as defender for us. I, I'm surprised that he got nominated in the league, but I guess you know good team impressive record and redemption arc maybe plays into that as well. I can how do we can go feel about the Leuven Messi whoever the third guy is competition for newcomer of the year Leuven was out a good chunk of the season which not going to work in his favor um so we think well it's as... going to be the other guy then because <laughs> Messi played in like six games well but <laughs> we definitely think it's going to be Messi. The, the deck is stacked here. I mean yeah and there was there were some doofuses online arguing that the the fine print of the reading of the rules for the voting would allow some sort of analysis of his performance for leagues cup to play into it, which I think is totally bunk, but, uh, it's just grasping. Well, so it says like the exact rules are something like a newcomer this year who had previous professional experience. So they're saying, Oh, well, since his first MLS game was after the leagues cup, we can, it's stupid. Um, I don't I don't necessarily think it should be Leuven either. Um, maybe. I mean, he's 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 been pretty good, although I have my my issues with his play of late. But I don't know how much to blame on that versus coaching. Um, so I, I'm i not sure, like if Klaus had had a full season, I think he he probably could have um, could have been up there. I think, honestly, he could have been up there for MVP had he had a full season at his at his sustained level. So hopefully we'll see that next year. Do we have anything else to say about the Seattle game or do we just want to forget about it and, and move on? Cause it yeah, I'm not sure there's uh, a lot to be drawn from that. Hopefully, hopefully there's not a lot to be drawn from that. Hopefully we bring in a solid lineup. We could talk about the lineup versus what we expect to see rolled out. The LA stadium, by the way, is shockingly empty, maybe half full. Very optimistic. Um, I don't have the full bracket in my head. Like, could we get matched back up with Seattle at some point? We could, right? Yeah. And the, in the finals 
the conference finals. That, like, I don't want that to happen. I, I, think, I, I think they are the only team we absolutely do not want to face. Right. I don't remember the exact lineup. There were, I think there were two things that I thought were weird. Was it Watts starting in midfield? We had Watts and Blom. Yeah, and then there was another strange... Nico and Klaus up top. Oh, yeah. I would have preferred to see a Dennerin, but I'm, I think I'm, I'm sort of okay with too. that. A Dennerin over Nico is what you mean? Yeah. Now, I don't know that we want to get into this. Patrick wanted to get into it. He's not here. Do you put consideration in who you want to be on the field for penalties in case it goes to penalties? I have a full rundown of Patrick's ranked order of the whole team, including the bench. Um, yeah, so you have to be careful with that. I think we all remember England in the final of the Euros brought on a couple of players right at the end of the game. Was it Rashford, someone else? And I believe they both missed. They were real cold. They yeah. hadn't played at all. So I think... We don't want to go to penalties. No. Yeah. We don't. I'm, we're not... We have a low percentage of draws. We kind of right. try to go all out. Yeah. And for as exceptional as Berkey is, he's not statistically the best penalty stopper, especially against Kansas City. I believe their goalie is like otherworldly in terms of stopping penalties. Correct. Berkey, a better goalie. Melia, a better penalty shootout goalie. Yeah. So, um, but a testament to our coaching, I believe, that, yeah, we, we don't play for draws. There you go. Excellent choices by Carnell. Let's list well, out. You could argue that if we had better coaching, we would have converted some of those losses into draws. Excellent goal goalkeeper coaching in St. Louis City. I'm going to get I'm going to just give you Patrick's lineup straight. You can tell me where you take exception with it. Okay. Leuven, Nico, Klaus. Probably give, already. Look, let me give you the whole thing. I can read the whole thing. We Pat. Chris the leader, the listeners of the podcast, it turns out, cannot read. No, I know, but I, you said stop you. I would put Klaus above Nico and a Dennerin above Nico. Uh, I, I did the same when I was giving him my list. Leuven, Nico, Klaus, a Dennerin, Indy, Alm, Ostrak, Stroud, Thorison. Now it's just, now we've lost it. Jackson, Celio, Parker, Berkey, Blom, Markanik, Norwinsky, Watts, Hebert, Nilsson, Yarrow. I, I went off the rails. Alm still has an injured groin. Yeah, no way, no way, Alm. You get. I feel like Blom has to be absolute bottom. Agree of any list. Agree. I think Celio deserves to be higher. As yeah, Celio should be higher. I I think Norwinsky should be higher. Uh, Chris brought up a good point. Um, Nilsson probably should be higher just for the veteran mindset. I reckon Tony Markanik can bury his penalty. I was trying to picture my emotional state if we get to this point in this game. That we have not only drawn with Kansas City, but like we're so far down the PK list that we've got Berkey going in to take one. It happens. Yeah, it but hopefully happen. it doesn't happen tomorrow night. Here's the thing. We wouldn't get that far because he's not good enough at stopping them to make it 11 rounds. And Melia, like, so Kansas City's, the the play-in game went to penalties. What was San Jose thinking? Like, Melia is well known for this, like, t- totally unnatural ability to stop them. And San Jose played for the penalties. I didn't watch the game because it was too late. Presumably they were trying to score, though, right? That was not apparent from the game that I watched. I mean, Daniel, Daniel also 
he's, he made a save like that weird. I mean, it was a terrible penalty. I'm but. sort of surprised Daniel wasn't one of the three finalists for goalkeeper. Statistically better than Berkey and some of those advanced stats. That in one out of, I, saw I think, one of those categories. I don't recall what it is, but it was only one of the categories. It feels like we've sort of fast forwarded to the end of a potential Kansas City game. Let's loop back to the beginning. How are we feeling? Because I am actually quite nervous um, because like 18 different reasons. One, just my personality. But like, I also think, well, it's not, I think since May, Kansas City has the most, has the best record in uh, the West. They start off terribly. No wins out of their first, like what, 10 games. Um, Sort of the opposite of us who started off on fire. Uh, But since then, we've kind of been like treading water. And they've been really good. So I don't I don't necessarily think this is like a walkover. And some of the national pundits are predicting a Kansas City win, which maybe we should be thankful. They have historically been terrible in predicting us. It was definitely not the pair up that I wanted. I think all of it. I don't know if everybody on this pod uh, agrees. I think we were pretty unanimous that this was not what we wanted to see happen. Well, it's that whole minimizing maximal regret thing. I thought we actually line up well against them because we have beaten them at home. But last time they were at home, they didn't have what's his name. Johnny. So I read some really interesting Kansas City subreddit stuff that I should not be logging on to. They were discussing what they wanted to see in their lineup and debating, given the fact that they had, what was it, Sunday and then Wednesday and now Sunday again, or Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday games, um, whether they should be resting their danger men in the first game, sort of just sacrifice the first game or you know hope that their second string guys do well with it, and then really, really go in with the first home game for them. That's a, ter- that- that's a terrible idea. That's why you don't listen to fans. Because then you have to win two games. Like, you got to try in every one. Yeah, and you trust that you get a week of rest. That's a know. ridiculous take. Long, long no, rest I'm not saying, between these I'm, games. You're just repeating it. You're exhausted. No, well, I, I'm Fans saying are it. terrible. Play, like, I feel for Kansas City <laughs> having to play oh. this many games in such a short period. No, 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 no. That's the punishment That's get you get losing. for coming in eighth or ninth. In fact, I, I, I feel for them as maybe they're out, like, it's rough having to play that many games in that short a period of time. And when we have done that, we have done some absolutely crazy things with our rotation. Yes, not in the playoffs, but I, I actually wish our game was on Saturday because I think they should have one less day to recover. I think the punishment should be higher. I also probably think that nine teams making the playoffs is a little much. Yes. I also think the three game series is weird. Um, It's sort of in soccer. The, the way to do it is a is a two-game home-and-home home where goal differential counts. You could even say away goals count. They don't do that anymore. Um, but, like, for example, today, Philadelphia went up 3-0 on New England. And I honestly think, and I was proven not crazy because other people on Twitter were saying this, that, like, they should have just forfeited the game at that point because all that could happen was, like, someone could get injured. There's zero point for the second half of that game. So... We'll see how it goes, but so far, it's a little bit weird. Is there any aggregate scoring in the the? No, no, it's, it's just, just wins. Okay, and if it's a draw after regulation, it goes straight to penalty. No, I believe no. in this round is actually I don't know. Yeah, straight to penalties in this round. this round. Oh, and then right. in the next round, you get thirty minutes. Uh, what? Yes, what strange? What clown show league have we decided to devote our lives to? Don't worry, it'll be different next year. 
<laughs> All right. What do you guys think? Of, how did Kansas City look against San Jose? They were obviously the better team out on the field, I thought, though San Jose did have, I don't know, a 20-minute run where they looked okay. I didn't watch the game. I didn't think either of them looked great, and I just don't know how much that translates to us playing against them. Outside of the Johnny Russell free kicks that were both dangerously close, I, was there really that much beyond the ball possession that they were doing? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, so that bodes well for us. I wasn't scared of them uh, based on their performance against San Jose. Um, I think my cornerstone of my defense of my argument that we are going to win and win easily is that when we have beat them twice this season, we have done it in very different ways. So they don't really know which team to prepare for, the, the team that beat them the first time or beat them the second. And we know them probably better than, well, ideally, ostensibly better than any team that is in the league because we played them more. Um, the first time we beat them back in May, we did it with almost none of the ball. We had 34% possession and we're pressing really hard and we were hustling. We had Celio, Stroud, and Indy all on the field to start the game. So that's just a lot of frenetic chaos energy. Uh, and uh, there were several in, uh, crucial interventions by Blom. That was when he was really hitting his stride uh, for the first time. We were starting to become enamored with his play after he, he came back from his early season injury. We fouled the crap out of them in that game. We fouled them 18 times and uh, we tackled anyone and everything uh, on the pitch within an inch of its life. We had 33 tackles in that game, which very high comparatively. Indy scored two goals, if you recall, and had they maybe were beautiful. the best team. Yeah. And we did not pass with great accuracy. We had 68% overall passing accuracy, and there was a lot of long balls. Uh, it was just gritty and explosive, and we massively outperformed our XG. And in the second win, in at the end of September, we won in a totally different way. We had a bit more of the ball, uh, 46%, and we had 80% passing accuracy. I think that was the big difference. We were a passing team in that. Uh, we were very efficient and uh, safe with the ball. And I think I recall mentioning it on a pod, maybe the reaction pod after that game, but we basically exchanged 10% or so of our overall passes that were normally going to be 40 yards or longer. And we made shorter, medium range passes and with great accuracy. And it looked really slick and tight. And that was Eddie Lyons and Klaus back on the pitch for the, for the first time together or, or nearly the first time. And they both we're in sort of a flow state and just looking really dynamic and exciting and great. Classicals were both from open play and we only registered seven fouls compared to 18 in the previous game and 17 tackles compared to 33. So we were doing it offensively uh, in possession instead of out of possession. So it was just like totally different. I don't know what they can possibly. That game feels a lot different in retrospect than it did at the time because it was 70 really tense minutes and then 13 exceptional minutes. Yeah. Um, we certainly have the data to support your, your stance here, Chris, that there were two very different games. Carnell had the sort of opposite take in some ways. So he came out, the quote that he had from his pre-game press was, they know what we're doing. We know what they're doing. It comes down to who wins the first battle, the first momentum shift, and when you get everything on your side. It's less about tactics and more when you can shift momentum. And I think that interesting sort of jives for me of like how much it just matters that, you know, that Nate talked about in that Seattle game. If that Klaus goal had gone in, the game would be totally different. Right. And I do, I, I you know, 
we got to get that first goal in this game and hopefully before 70 minutes in this match. I think both teams are like shockingly lopsided in terms of inability to come back, um, but also winning when when scoring first. So, Hmm. you know, both teams probably poorly coached in that regard. Um, (laughs) Also kind of a ridiculous statement for Bradley Carnell to make. Uh, based on the statistics that we have from brilliant Statman Chris. So, um, yeah, I, I was trying to think back. It's like maybe two games this year that we won when we were behind. So definitely something that we'll hope to improve on next year under potentially new coaching. But um, zero. But we, we, we have to. What do else this? do we think we expect to see out of the Sporting Kansas City game? I honestly have no clue. It's going to be late, cold, rainy. The rain and the sloppiness of the game, I do feel benefits us. Okay, so I have a I have a question. As Chris was talking through those stats and I was thinking back to the early game and the early season, I have admitted that I am not the most sophisticated watcher of soccer at all times. Um, it feels like we don't high press so much anymore. Is that do we think that's true or are we just more well-rounded now? We can play other styles. Is it the length of the season? Is Nathan wrong? I think people have just figured us out some. I mean, it, they shut down our ability to press. It is a it is a counterable thing. I think without Alm and in the last game without a Denerin, we don't have a, a lot of vertical threat. If so, what what you're talking about is is counterpressing, like high intensity counterpressing, where. Uh, First of all, we're very direct, and we we try to get up the field uh, into the defend the the opponent's you know, final third as quickly as possible, uh, and then when they have possession in their final third, you know, cue in on a couple different triggers, and we try to really intensely press them and turn them over in their final. Um, I think that you're right that we don't do that as much as we used to. But Abby has to leave. Any um, any last thoughts before and she's gone. She's all right. Well, you know, we'll have her send in a score. Per- I but, I think. You keyed on something real important. I think not having Alm has affected us more than maybe I would have. I think you want the like the direct forward ball to be received at a higher rate than you get with Nico. Probably I don't know. I, I didn't. I thought that putting Nico on instead of a Denerin made less of a vertical threat at the start of last game, and it sort of put people in the mindset of wanting to to play the short passing game which just wasn't working for us last uh, we weren't connecting on the the final pass uh, and getting into dangerous areas as much as you would like and with Alm, who you remember was our early leader in forward passes received and with a denerin who you know can you know be a, a target and work his own sort of magic on that left wing you have that forward, you put the ball forward and they can do something with it. But Nico to a lesser. I also, um, we haven't been using Celio as much. And I think he, maybe not exactly the same, but similarly presents a vertical threat that, that we've been missing. I, think I want to see still like to see Celio as a sub. I think I, I have not so far come to view Thorison as an integral part of the team. I'd rather see Celio in that position coming in. I think Thorison also realized that there was some very angry playoff event. This uh, LAFC Vancouver game also is wild. 2-2 at 40 minutes in. Oh. A lot of back and forth. It's a good one. Sorry. Um, so so what are we thinking in terms of game tomorrow in the series? It's a late game. I'm thinking I'm going to be very tired. But a lot of adrenaline. 
So we'll just power through it. I think we win the first two. I don't. I don't see. You don't think it's even going to go to three. How does this work with the Vietnamese? Are, are you working during this game, Chris? We have addressed this. I'm going to try to wa- watch uh, oh, between sorry. my classes at school oh. in spots. Um, I'm, I should get most of the game in. I have a forgiving schedule. and should be okay. All right. You, will, you, will you have your scarf on in class? Uh, no, but I did hang up my... Uh, you know how they have those little banner things that they exchange at the beginning of the game, international... Yeah. I have one of those and I have it hung in my cubicle and I'll be gripping it tightly to my heart. And nice. this I swear. All right. Should we save score predictions to the end? Should we make some now? Well, what, what else do we have? I got a Wednesday minute. You giving us a Wednesday minute? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah, boys. Let's have it. Um, Someone going to put a Patrick's, minute on the clock? Patrick's not here. I'll, I'll, I'll figure I'll something out. Eyeball it. We'll just yeah. assume. Go for it. We got. Yeah, so here. they got this new coach. Uh, winless in his uh, first two games. Look, just still absolutely terrible. Lost three nothing to Plymouth Argyle, another team that was promoted last year. So you would think like, okay, maybe they have a chance against this team. No, just absolute garbage. But the exciting thing is, uh, I may have mentioned about a month ago, their owner said that because the fans were mean to him, he was going to stop putting money into the club. Well, apparently that's come true because he stopped paying some into some like fund or something that's required. And as such, the team is now under a transfer embargo and can't sign any players. So things are really going well. Uh, winless in 11, <laughs> uh, two points, two points on the year. Sure. So just like a really, truly abysmal season. 10 seconds. Um, I don't even like, it's just the worst. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no, that's a, Hopefully City never reaches those depths, you know? Like, I'm willing to follow them through the years as it as they go up and down, as they may inevitably do, but hopefully we never get that low. It is a, maybe an, I, I don't know, it whichever side of the relegation debate you come down on, this would, like, fuel that, because it's either like, <clears throat> oh, well, you don't have to worry, if C- City ever got that bad, they'd they'd have the opportunity next year to just turn around and win the cup. Um, alternatively, like you sort of feel like a team, this absolutely they terrible. Need to go should somewhere be else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't belong here. Um, so, so yeah. All right. Well, we're counting on city to get a win. Should we do some score predictions? Three, one, one in three, one it's a- at home in the rain against a tired flagging, exhausted SKC. Abby sent in 3-1 as well. So you Boo. guys okay, with 3-1. It's allowed. It's allowed. We okay. allow multiple people. Never, I'm going to go 4-0. Never allowed I'm double down. Double down on my prediction from last time that almost came true. 4 nothing. You're going to predict a hat trick for somebody? I'm going to predict a hat trick for nobody. All right. Think four, it will be different Klaus. Scores? No. Oh. Klaus, double a denner in Marcanic. You love to see. Oh, I like that. That's spicy. Maybe India. I'm going to... Get Indy another couple goals. I'm going to say 2-0 City. Indy Brace? Um, yeah, that'd be fun, you know? Phil, what's your, what's your... Chris has given us his series prediction. What is yours? I need us to win in two. <laughs> you can't handle the... Just, okay. yeah, mentally, emotionally, okay. I need us to win in two. Efficiently. I'd like us to win both games in 90 minutes somehow, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's actually maybe more important to me that nothing goes to penalty kicks. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I also, um, my bank account would really appreciate winning in two or losing in two like that. I mean, as much as I love City Park, I was checking out the Excel spreadsheet 
Um, but I'm going to go with we win in three. Get a second game at home. It would be fun. And I mean, you know, if we pull it out in that third game, the you can only imagine the vibes at the stadium at that point. Any chance we'd go to Kansas City? Uh, the not on the pod members of the pod, Patrick and Drew, are going to the game in Kansas City. Nice. I have no interest. Oh, that's right. Did Did Nashville just kill it for you entirely? Minnesota was excellent. I loved the away game in Minnesota. Nashville was fun. Um, Kansas City is just too, I, I don't know, too much. Especially if we the lose the first game. Oof. Oh, yeah. No. no, that would be, yeah, that is definitely how you maximize maximal. But none of this will be an issue. We're going to win the first game. And then, you know, Patrick and Drew get to see us win the series away. I'm fine with that. That sounds good for them. All right. Uh, I need to give a content warning. Any viewers uninterested in, do we call them hot takes? Uh, Thank you for listening. Sensitive ears or sensitive skin. It's going to get real hot up in here. Turn it off. You've, You've heard everything about the past games, about the future games. It's all you need to hear. Thank you for listening. Nathan, you you can have the floor, I suppose. <laughs> I don't I don't see why this is as controversial as it is. I've hinted to it a little bit. You've hinted I, to it a lot of bit. Okay. I think Carnell should be on the hot seat and the team should be considering a coaching change for next year. Here's why. I I guess that is not just going to be accepted as a statement, even if I give any sort of defense of this statement. I understand that it is a ridiculous statement to most people and that it probably comes across as trolly, which I don't mean it to be. I genuinely believe that the team would be better off with a more experienced coach. I like Carnell. I sent a picture of him into the discord where he was looking adorable. And someone said, is that Blome's coach? So nice that, that that's getting out. That being said, I think what, what pushed me over the edge, well, several things, one sort of what we were talking about earlier, like we have a style that is beatable and there's no it's not like we have a second style that we can like readily shift to um we don't come back from games like if we get down we just we're stuck it should be we can talk more but it it should be called out the stylistic choice was not carnell's choice carnell's choosing was a result of the stylistic choice made by lutes that's that's fair but it is the case that he doesn't have a second gear now it's possible the team itself doesn't have a second gear, but, you know, good coaches get better out of the players. And I think at the beginning of the year, he definitely was doing that. But lately, I mean, three wins out of the last 10 limping into the playoffs, like no momentum such that like no one is picking us outside of this pod to win the the first round looking flat. Let's go back to that Club America game from there on. There have been some games we've looked terrible. We haven't really beat any good teams except Cincinnati, which was kind of like a weird fluky game, like thunderstorms, strangeness of that night. Um, Like it just feels like a more experienced, more seasoned coach with a new young team. We'd perhaps be seeing a little better result. And I would like to see that. I think it should at least be open to conversation. Now, I understand the argument is, well, we won the West. Well, the West is super weak. Why would you get rid of a coach that's, it's done well. Well, lots of teams occasionally make wild decisions, getting rid of successful coaches to move it to the next level. Okay. By by proxy, you're saying that every team in the Western Conference should also probably consider getting rid of their coach. Um, no. Because no. they've performed over the course of an entire season 
worse than we have performed, surely their coaches should also be all on the hot seat. No, because I think you have to look at performance as the year goes on. If well, you, you were isolate to- the last 10 games and ignore no, the... No, not necessarily just the last 10 games, but if a team over the course of the season has trended up, I think even if they ended up behind us, you could say, well, they're on the right trajectory, whereas we kind of, I would say we sh- rocket shipped to a plateau, and we've largely plateaued since the sixth game of the season. But we plateaued through the injuries of our DPs. And it should not be understated the coaching impact that went into being able to maintain any performance, losing your DPs. And I think Carnell should get credit for the depth that he built, the way that he was able he to build the depth. He Luke was able to bring depth. up. I don't think you can argue that Carnell did not get excellent performance out of players. I mean, look at Marcanic, look at Parker, look at these players who were overlooked on other teams. I I just don't think you can argue that Carnell did not, at least at times, get very good performance out of players. It's not Lutz who's putting in like the man management on a daily basis to motivate these guys to make them, you know, redeem themselves in the, you know, no, that, in the league. that's fair. And and I'm sure the players love him and put their heart on the lines for him. I've been pretty consistent all year in saying that I don't think he is a good game day manager. This is not a unique to Nathan belief. I believe there's another podcast out there that. Um, largely subscribes to this theory that I, that he makes strange game day choices, that his subs aren't always the best. Tactical changes inside the game aren't great. I mean, we it's it's like a a joke about his halftime motive demotivational speeches because it seems like we come out flat at halftime, and then it was leaked that uh, his halftime speech one game was be patient which is just like, I can't imagine it's, so I it's don't like, think, it's I don't like think a bunch you have of little things. Completely... And I'm not saying he's bad. Um, like he's fine. I'm just saying that I have higher expectations and I think with a different coach, this team could, could really be the next level. And I'd like to see that. I don't think you have to think that Carnell is perfect to think that he should not be gotten rid of. I think, yes, we can take issue with some of his game day coaching. And I think, all three of us have at various points and that's fine he's a new coach this year and so okay he will be more experienced I think we have seen him get better if you look at the impact of subs over the course of the year I think it was better in the second half than in the first half and then I'll also just say like vibes wise story wise there's no way you get rid of him right like you, you can't do it. The team the team's character is tied up in him at this point. You know, the player's motivation is tied up in him and all of that stuff, I think, is intangible, but important. I think accepting what you're saying, which is probably all true, it just seems to me like keeping him at this point is an acknowledgement that next year will be worse than this year. And you're going to hit a sophomore slump and you're not looking to vastly improve. And I think if you say he was a great caretaker for year one and what this team needed to to be birthed into the soccering world and going into year two, which is always a sophomore slump is a thing and it's always hard. And we're not going to have the advantage of those first five games where teams don't know us and we can bank on like weird confusion and, and stuff at this point you say, thank you, Bradley, you will forever be a hero for leading us to the West. You now go on to, 
greater things elsewhere. We're going to bring in the coach that we need for the long term here. And that person is someone with a lot of experience and wisdom and knowledge to grow this team to the You want to hire Pat, he's a bad Pat guy. Noonan. You want to hire Pat Noonan would be great. Uh, um, Darren, even even you name? acknowledge there's a zero percent chance of this. Oh, happening, absolutely. Right? I'm. It, it would unless he's caught like doing something illegal. Yeah. No. No. But I will put eight dollars on the record right now that we will be worse next year. And at this point in midseason, we will be. There will be some number of people wishing we had a different. I mean, if your team is first in the division, it's a fairly safe bet to bet that they will be worse because there is only one way they could not be worse. I look at the so sure. But I mean, fourth overall and take out those first five games and it just starts to paint a very different picture. Now, I know you don't because they were part of the season, but. To treat that as equivalent to, you know, the rest of the season feels like missing, you know, a a through line that has been happening since then, which is like, we're okay. Chris, I just, I don't think that's how you measure success. I don't think you can justifiably not ever consider those first five games as part of the season and all of the work that went into being that good from the first minute of the first game that was done in the preceding year. Uh, obviously not every coach gets that preceding year to to make a squad. But look, it was a, a new team that had never played football or soccer before together that didn't know each other, that needed to be made into a team from, you know, a, a group of random guys who had not had a lot of recent success in whatever uh, leagues they were playing in. And he, not Lutz, was the one who made them gel, connected them, and instilled philosophies. Uh, beyond that, even if you could somehow convince me that he it, you know, did not overperform this season and should be sacked, uh, I lost my train of thought, um, who do you get? And how do you replace a guy who knows the system and lives and breathes the system that our team is built around? It's not that you can get a new coach who wants to come in and 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 play it like there's no way that we can change the system in a year without a, a rebuild without getting new players in who or or you know breaking them down and building them back up into a new type of player uh, all of our players have been brought in for the system which the coach also was brought in for because he knows it and he can teach it and he can instill it and he can he can coach it right? It's just there's too many reasons why that I why I disagree with this. I, I'm losing. I'm just being drawn in too many directions about how I disagree. All right, coach of the That's year, probably finalist. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> absolutely will not win. I I feel very confident there. I think it, had he going won, to, had, had we gotten the most points of any expansion team, he he could have been in the conversation. I think missing that is going to be Noonan. Noonan with the multi-year buildup. Multi-year buildup, much higher budget, uh, a lot of really failure on his record leading to maybe that plays into the narrative. But like he, that team is expensive. I'm not saying I want Noonan over Carnell. Yeah. I'm just I think it's I think. a team. Yeah. should be a shoe in on no. the I think the pundits need to give him this award because they were so wrong at the beginning of the season and that they will be compelled to apologize through the this award. That's what I think. We will find out. When do, we, when do we find that out, actually? I have no idea. There's no way to know. MLS All right. keeps that stuff. They announced the playoffs like 
eight minutes before they started. So uh, <laughs> March of next year, probably. Kickoff for the St. Louis Kansas City game is in five minutes, guys. Sorry, we have to pod listeners. That is not true. Do not. <laughs> I mean, it may be. It may be for the yeah, pod listeners know. based on when they listen to this. All right. Well, it's going to be a, a rush to get it out uh, before the game, to be honest. So, <laughs> yeah, light edit. We'll, uh, I, I can't do a light edit because when people jump in midway through, it's actually really, really tricky. Multiple well. people, multiple times. And it's actually, <laughs> it's okay if they stay until the very end because yep. then I can match up the end. Well, but since Abby dropped, she's oh. just a floater in the middle. Oh, well, you got some claps to go off. That's all I've got. All right. Thank you guys for joining. I appreciate the time to, to, to rant and share yeah. my now. I think that was as, um, I don't know, as calm and cool as that could have gone. So yeah, I'm not a lunatic, except about parental leave. <laughs> In which you are a lunatic, yes. All right. I look forward to watching this game tomorrow. This yep, is a fun be a good time. I'm excited. All right. I'm See much more excited afterwards. now than I was before the pod. So. Me too. Yeah. That's, that's good. Excellent. Let's go.